0: Welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. For well, Now, I want to speak to you about something that I've entitled, Staying the Course. Everyone say, Staying the Course. I think it's important that we talk about this because as we found with Jess, some things in life don't go the way you plan it, but Jess and Beck both stayed the course and finished the song. And that's what we need to take a lesson from tonight, that we would stay our course and finish our race and not just give up and give in. And in order to highlight to you, keyboard's working nice and loud, that's good wasn't expecting that. It's just all happening tonight. It's just one of those things, which is great. But in order to highlight my point on staying the course, I want to look at a man's life. And his name is Joshua. And Joshua was an incredible leader. He lived a few thousand years ago. And um, he took over the tribe of Israel after the death of Moses. And uh, while Moses was still alive... Moses sent out 12 men to spy out what was known as the promised land. Maybe some of you know about the promised land. I mean, they've used it in all sorts of advertising over the years, the promised land. Well, that stems back to this account. 12 men went to spy out this incredible land. God loved his people and he wanted to rescue them from Egypt and give them a place of their own in the promised land. And so 12 of them, they went out And they saw that the land was indeed fantastic. It had great fruit. It had a great food supply. It had great water supply. It was indeed the promised land. Here's the thing you need to know about that little scenario. Of the 12 men that went to spy out the promised land, and all of them saw that the land was good, And all of them saw that it had indeed great things in it. Yet out of the 12, only two of them actually made it into the promised land. You see, because of a few grumblings and moanings that took place, this 11 day journey ended up taking 40 years. And in that 40 years, one by one by one, they all began to fall by the wayside. And only 16% Of the 12 men that went out, actually made it into the promised land. And I've been around church circles long enough to know that that percentage isn't too dissimilar to many people's walk and life today. You hang around church long enough and you see people come and you see many people go. You see people saying yes to marriage, only to find four years later they've gone. And so this is a message that no matter what you're facing to stay your course. Because anyone can start something, but not everyone can finish something. And I want to be a church that finishes what we started. I don't want to be a church that just starts something. You know, any one of us right now, no matter what physical condition we're in, we can all write down that we are going to enter the Boston Marathon, 42 kilometers. Sign me up, baby. All of us can do that. And we can go to athlete's foot and kid ourselves out with the best socks and the best shoes and the best shorts and the best tank top, headband if you're JT, just <laughs> maybe some sweat bands. And we can all start. And some of you might start at a cracking pace. Some of you might start slowly. We'll all start. But how many of us, in all seriousness, would actually finish that race? 42 kilometers. Anyone can start something. Anyone can start a marriage. Anyone can say, yes, I'll get married. Anyone can do that. Anyone can buy a nice dress. Anyone can buy a nice suit. Anyone can get a nice cake. Anyone can hire a nice haul and get married. Oh, but to endure, to hang around through the good times and the bad times, in sickness and in health, till death do us part. That's another thing altogether. And so it is when you live in a community called the church. See, the greatest blessing in your life will be people. And the biggest annoyance in your life will be the same people. And so this is a message to help us endure. Endure and stay long and finish well so that we're not part of what my dad calls the passing parade here today and gone tomorrow oh it's so sad hey how's church oh I don't go to church anymore okay how's your marriage? how's your wife oh we're not married anymore how are the kids I don't see them anymore dog he's great man's best friend Cats won't hang around, don't worry about that. <laughs> Cats will leave you before anyone else does or anything else does. They'll leave straight after you fed them, let me tell you, they're not, they're not hanging around. But dogs will hang around because they're loyal, but it's, not, it's got nothing to do with your loyalty, it's got everything to do with their loyalty to you. Because they're just gluttons for punishment. And so we've talked a lot about others, but what about you? Where will you be 40 years from now? Seriously, where will you be? Okay, 40 years, just too far. I'll be 82 years of age. And the good thing about that is Mark Gerber will be older than me. That'll be awesome. As will my PA. She'll be just that bit older than me always and forever. Sorry, Bob. Where will you be 30 years from now? Okay, what about 20 years from now? what about 10 years from now okay let me make it real simple what about 5 years from now what about 2 years give me 2 years I see 2 what about 1 year how many of you still going to be married in 1 year's time (laughs) (laughs) this is all I saw And that was my wife. I mean, what's going on? <laughs> Honey, in a year we'll be married, okay? Andre was the only one who put it up with semi-conviction. And even then it was going up. And he got a bit nervous when no one else put their hand as he put it down. How many of you are going to be in the same job? Or you're going to change a job because of the boss, or change a job because of the work colleagues, or change a boss because of the times or the hours, only to get another job and to find that the boss is still as bad, and the people are still as bad, and the time still as bad. We change everything but ourselves. We change homes, we change jobs, we change wives, we change husbands, we change dogs and cats, we change everything but ourselves. These young boys and girls that you saw up here would not be up here today. Just because they said, you know what, I'd like to play. And they had one practice and they're up here. Mitchie's been doing guitar for four years. And I think Sammy's been doing it for a similar time. And Mac has been playing the drums for however long, I'm not too sure. But I know it wasn't just he started the other day. And so we get opportunities because they've stayed the course. They didn't just give up. They didn't just give in. And so this moment came today because they've hung around long enough to experience the reward of just hanging around. You know, funny, all the successful people in the world are just people who hung around. It's a secret success. Just hang around. If 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 you want to know how to be successful, just hang around. You see, all successful people have this one thing in common they know how to stay. And it is one of the hardest things for us as people to do to stay. When everything's falling around, when everything's going by the wayside, just to stay. As I've said a few times in the last few weeks, the first thing that they teach you at dog obedience is to get your dog to stay. Because everything else is built on that stay. If you can get your dog to stay, you can get him to shake. You can get him to do all those other things. You know, this This is what I've learned about male dogs. You don't have to teach them to grab your leg in a certain season. They just, they just do that. Just, that just comes easy. You don't have to teach young people to sleep around. That comes easy. But to wait and to stay, oh, that takes discipline. We had a little dog and we had him for 14 years, 15 16 years. Do I hear 17? I can't remember. It was a long time. It was a long time. And every time of the year, about now, oh my goodness. Oh my, God. lock your daughters up. I mean, it was just like, where's the dog? Sam, Sam, get off, get off my leg just you have to teach him that you're not being a man if you can just bed a whole heap of women that just comes naturally oh but to wait and to stay pure and to stay a virgin before you get married oh my goodness, there's a real man there's a real woman just sleeping around, anyone can do that that's what my dog taught. Anyone can just do whatever they want. I mean, to, but to sit and to stay. And Joshua was a great leader because he knew what it was to stay. And to stay the course so that we finish well is going to involve a few things. You've got to stay hungry. You've got to stay close. You've got to stay positive. You've got to stay away. And you've got to stay strong. And I want to look at those just very quickly. The first one is this you've got to stay hungry for the things of God. See, hunger is a funny thing. You ever notice that when you're really hungry? You do some crazy things. you do some crazy things when you're hungry. Some of you say, I would never steal. I, my values are such I would never steal. Because you know what it is to be well fed. But some of our people are locked up today, not because they're bad people, just because they've got hungry enough. You do some crazy things when you're hungry. Arnold Schwarzenegger, you remember him? He did this film way back in the 70s called Stay Hungry and it was about a whole heap of guys in the gym and and Arnold talked about staying hungry and and that's what made him such a great bodybuilder because he was hungry for bodybuilding. He was hungry to build the biggest and the best body. In actual fact, it's recorded that he refused to put limitations on his development as a bodybuilder and he wrote that when he did curls, he visualized his biceps as large as mountain peaks. Huge and monstrous mountain peaks. And he eliminated the word can't from his vocabulary because he was so hungry to be the biggest and he was so hungry to be the best, and that's what he became in that field. Hunger is an incredible driving force, and Joshua had a hunger for God. He had lots of people around him dying. He had lots of people around him leaving. He had lots of people around him complaining. Sounds like church sometimes. But he stayed his course. Why? Because he had a hunger for the things of God. If you look around too much, you're going to get despondent. You're going to get disappointed. But Joshua knew what it was to look up. He knew what it was to meditate upon the Word of God day and night. It's interesting. That when Moses and him used to go to the tent of meeting, which was a place where they met with God, Moses would leave, but Joshua would stay. Even when when Moses had had enough, Joshua wanted to stay in the presence of God because he was hungry for the things of God. It doesn't matter what's happening around you. If you keep your eyes on Christ, if you keep your eyes on God, it doesn't matter how bad it is, you'll get through it. You'll get through If you want to stay your course, you've got to stay hungry for the things of God. You've got to stay close to a friend. See, Joshua had all the right people in his world and he stayed close to them. In the first part of Joshua's life, we read about Moses and Joshua. In the second half of Joshua's life, we read about Joshua and Caleb. Joshua had the right people in his life and it stopped him going to the right or to the left. And you need the right people in your world if you're going to stay your course. Right throughout the Bible, we see these incredible dynamic duos, these incredible uh, supernatural teams. We see Peter, who was the brother of Andrew. Peter started the, the early church. And right alongside him was his brother, Andrew. We see John and James, brothers, part of the early church working together. We see later on in the book of Acts, there was Paul and Silas. Back in 1992, I started praying with my Pete. It was Tony, uh, my brother Pete. It was Tony and Peter. We started getting hungry for the things of God. We started praying together. And you know what kept us praying together? It's knowing that Pete would be waiting for me. And so even when I didn't want to pray and I'm just tired and I'd had enough, I'd get up because I knew Pete would be waiting. What I didn't know is he only got up because he knew I'd be knocking on the door. Without that and in my life, I wouldn't have bothered and I would have given up. But in July of 1992, we made a commitment to start praying just to see what God could possibly do. We didn't do it to start a church. We didn't do it to draw attention to ourselves. We just did it because we felt it was the right thing to do. And if we were going to honor that commitment, I needed somebody to help me. I wasn't good enough and I wasn't big enough to do it by myself, but I made sure I had the right and in my life. And it's now year 2011 and I'm still praying with that same guy. Peter and Tony. It's like Batman and Robin. <laughs> Superman and Wonder Woman. <laughs> it's okay. I like lassoes. I'll be able to do Whatever. I could say the same for my, my physical well-being. In the gym, it's Matt and Tony. And there's times that I haven't felt like training, but I know Matt's going to be there. And there's times he felt like he didn't feel like training, but he knew I'd be there and we encourage one another. I've only known Matt for a year, but I'm telling you there has not been a week gone by where we have not missed the gym. We inspire one another. We encourage one another. It forces us to do things we wouldn't do if we were left to our own devices. And so my question to you is this, who's the and in your life? Because your and will determine your end. If you hang around the wrong and, it will take you off course. If you hang around the right and, it will keep you on course. Your and will determine your end. Thirdly, you have gotta stay positive. Moses sent out 12 men to spy out the promised land and 10 of the men's response was this. We went to the land of which you sent us and yes, it does flow with milk and honey. Here's its fruits. It's amazing. Oh, but the people who live there, they're powerful. And the cities are fortified and they're very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak there. And we can't do it. We're going to get Hill. not very uplifting is it who wants to go to the promised land now uh, pass because they were negative but there were two that were positive positive. and in Numbers 13 verse 30 Caleb who was Joshua's and Caleb stood up And he silenced the people because the negative ones went first. You notice that? It's always the negatives that speak first. And now all the people are negative. "Ah, We're we're all going to die. We're going to die. We're going to (laughs) die. That's what they're saying. And Caleb, Joshua's hand. I love this. He silences the people. Quiet. Shut up. Remember, they didn't have microphones. How did I mean? There's like there's six hundred thousand men there that we know of, plus women and children. There's a chance there's about three million people, and Caleb, as one man who's positive, says, "Shut up!" And it was like God was kind of mixing the sound that day and just turned him up a bit, put a bit of bass, put a bit of... just, just. And he silenced a bunch of winders. That is miraculous. I want that kind of and in my life. When I'm feeling a bit tired, I want, I want that and to come and say, Quiet! That's what Joseph had, Joshua had in his life. And he says he silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up. We should take possession of the land. Because we can do it. (laughs) And Joshua, the lone voice, says, we can do it. And if anyone knows what I'm on about, you're probably watching the wrong kind of films. It was in his heart, this can do. When Arnold was in the gym, he eliminated can't from his vocabulary. He said, I can. Joshua said, We can. We live in a society that says that marriage can't work, and we need to stand up and say, Yes, it can. I'm gonna stay our course. I'm gonna do what we must. Fourthly, you've got to stay away from sexual immorality, immorality. I don't have a scripture for this in Joshua's life, which says to me this, he was sexually pure. He didn't mess up. Isn't it great when you don't read of any mess up in a man's life? We can just assume that he actually got this area right. And you can be sexually immoral if you're married and if you're single. And the Bible tells us in no uncertain terms to stay Away from sexual immorality. It says flee, which means it's your responsibility. See, Joseph was another great leader of his time. And this young woman took notice of this young Hebrew boy. And I don't know what it is, but when someone comes from another town and they've got a cute little accent, they get noticed. And Joseph was a foreigner in a foreign land. And he had this little Hebrew kind of accent going on. And, and Potiphar was in charge of Joseph. And it was Potiphar's wife that said, man, that guy, I like him. He's cute. I like his little accent. And one day she came up to Joseph and said, come to bed with me. And let me tell you this, she wasn't tired. There's two reasons you go to bed. One is because you're tired. The other is because of other reasons. And Joseph looked at her and thought, I don't think she's tired. There's a difference between, let's go to bed, I'm tired. Versus, hey baby, let's go to bed. And this woman comes to Joseph and says, let's go to bed. And I ain't tired. And Joseph knew that this woman did not belong to her, to him. And so with that, he just runs away. She tries to grab him. She grabs his coat. But he runs away nonetheless. He got in trouble for it because she took offense that this young Hebrew boy wouldn't go to bed with her and she kind of made up a story, and made up a lie that this young Hebrew boy had made an advance on her and he got locked up and all the rest of it. But as a result, he stayed pure. And staying pure doesn't mean it's always going to be easy for you. It doesn't mean just because you say yes to the things of God, it's going to be A-OK. I'm a Christian now. Everything's going to be OK for me. Now sometimes it gets worse. Sometimes people lie about you. They make stories about you. They tease you. They mock you for your belief. If you want to pray about anything, pray for our young men and women who are walking out what I'm talking about in the schools and being teased for it and mocked for it. Because others are just sleeping around doing whatever they want. And in so doing, they're honoring God. They're honoring God's word. They're honoring the church. They're honoring their bodies. They're honoring their future. And they're staying the course. Anyone can sleep around, but oh, it takes a real man or a real woman to stay the course. And my last point is simply this. Stay strong. Stay strong. Three times in Joshua chapter 1, God says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Okay, God, got it. No, no, Joshua, be strong and courageous. Okay. Third time, be strong and courageous. I think by the third time, Joshua's thinking, what's coming my way? That yeah. <laughs> I have to be so strong and courageous? In order to stay your course, you've got to be strong and courageous because when Joshua was taking new territory it meant somebody was losing territory and there were 31 kings he had to combat to get the territory that he ended up possessing and those didn't come without a fight and so if you're going to stay your course you've got to know what it is to stay strong Because there's going to be some battles along the way. There's going to be some kings we've got to fight. There's going to be some opposition that we face. My daily prayer for me, for this church, and for God's people is this. Oh God, won't you grant me the wisdom to know what to do? So you need wisdom to know what to do. And I pray that for me and I pray that for you. I also pray for the courage to hold on to my convictions. See, it's one thing to know what to do. Oh, but you've got to have courage to hold on to what you know is right. And the third part of my prayer is this. Oh, that you give me strength. To walk out my convictions. And that's the hardest thing of all. It's one thing to know what to do. It's another to hold on to those convictions about what to do. And then it's a whole other thing to walk them out. And not just once or twice, but every day of your life. But it's not Impossible. And I believe God would say over us as a church, be strong and courageous. Hold on to your convictions. You might get teased, you might get mocked, but I'm watching and I'm pleased. Have the strength to walk out your convictions. As our musicians come, we're going to witness... A number of people who are about to go through the waters of baptism. And essentially, this is them being strong and courageous in a decision that they've made to follow Christ. Not everybody gets it. Not everybody understands it. I imagine for some of these people that have had some opposition about tonight. Maybe there is some opposition about their decision to come to church or their decision to become a Christian. And that's why it's a great honour and a privilege for me to be able to stand here and witness this incredible event tonight. Where men and women of all ages, shapes and sizes, backgrounds and walks are making a public confession of the decision that they've made in the heart to make Jesus Christ their Lord and Saviour. There's only one way to live your Christian life and that's to be loud and proud. Yes, sensitive. Sometimes we speak, sometimes... But ultimately we've got to be loud and proud and unashamed about our decision that we're making. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen and God bless.